Welcome to another episode of Back and Forth with Blue Ridge Wealth Planners. My name is John Vandergriff. I'm one of the owners and wealth planners at Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, and I'm joined as always by Zach Hill, the operations team lead slash uh, portfolio management guru slash Remedy Coffee owner. Uh, I, I don't know if this is driving more business for you or not. Uh, hopefully it is. You know, people will be like, hey, this guy runs my coffee. analytics department. Yeah, maybe we'll do a back and forth on coffee sometime. Um, the benefits. Yeah. I don't know that there are any negatives, but, um, or maybe the benefits of white mochas because Zach yeah. refuses to add white mochas not to the happening. menu, even though I would buy it almost every day. Um, uh, but anyway, we're here not to talk about white mochas today. We are here to talk about, uh, something that I think is not commonly, uh, talked about in terms of an investment vehicle, but something that we're seeing become more and more prevalent today with the current tax environment that we're in. And that is, you know, properly structured life insurance for the purpose of living benefits or investment benefits. And and I think that's something that obviously there are differing opinions on. Uh, so we do have, you know, Zach with obviously more of a brokerage background, you know, explaining some of the viewpoints there, us having both brokerage, but also insurance. Um, background and in, in actually putting some clients in policies like this. And so we want to have a discussion of, you know, what what ways this can be beneficial, what opportunities this has, but also what limitations are available also, because I think okay. that's basically what we do on the show. So, so again, Zach will take the more negative uh, approach of why you would maybe not want to look at life insurance in that way. I'll take more of the positive spin and explain a little bit of details of how we do actually use this for those that it is a good fit for. Uh, so hopefully, you know, as you leave this conversation, you'll have a better understanding and idea of how this could fit into, you know, an investment portfolio really at any age, you know, as, as you're saving for retirement or, you know, even in retirement, some people think maybe it's too late to get life insurance, but if you're structuring it properly, it may not be a bad time until you're, you know, okay. kind of in, into your 70s, maybe. So so anything to add before you take it away, <laughs> or if you just want to go ahead and get into it? Yeah, it's uh, similar to a lot of the things that we've discussed on the podcast is uh, life insurance is such a broad category that we kind of want to take a ne the next step and break it down further. And so when you talk about using life insurance as an investment, um, that already kind of isolates some of the products that we want to use. We kind of have those in a bucket because there's all kinds of different life insurance pro uh, products. And we'll talk about some of the categories being indexed, indexed life insurance, universal life insurance, whole life insurance, term life insurance. Some of the, some of the words mean the same thing. Some of them mean, refer to different things. So kind of breaking that down. Um, Cause there are certain products that I think you can automatically kind of, I would argue that you could just throw those out. You don't want to, you don't really want to use a 20 year straight term policy as a as an investment. That's not an investment vehicle. That's not even close to what it's designed to do. Right. Unless you have some yeah. kind of legal plans and, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's exactly. not what it's for. So. so, so when we talk about that, we're not talking, we, we're typically not talking about term at all because it, it just term insurance is you pay your 20 pe premiums in there and at the end your term expires and you don't have life insurance anymore. There's not really an investment component there. And there's no leftover money for building up of cash value exactly. inside the policy. Exactly. So uh, so automatically we kind of throw that out. I think uh, when you talk about some things like variable life insurance policy, um, we were talking about this earlier and I was like, well, anytime you kind of hear the word variable, there's always negative connotations to that. We've talked about variable annuities um, having a lot of negative connotations to them. Variable life insurance is kind of the same way. Um, and so it's just 
it's an investment product similar to life and similar to index life insurance or other life insurance that do have a cash value component it's just with variable life insurance that cash value component is variable it can go up based on the investments that are in this policy or it can go down and so I always have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that you have an insurance policy that can lose money because those two things really typically don't go hand in hand. Yeah. So the reason you want an insurance policy is so you are insured against potential losses. And so I think trying to use something like a variable policy for an investment component just doesn't make sense because if I'm going to buy an insurance policy and pay fees and have a premium that goes into this policy, I don't want to have that cash value be variable because if, if I'm doing that, then why wouldn't I just go invest in the stock market? Yeah. And and I think, too, you know, we'll, we'll kind of throw some of the negative points, but then also how we address some of those. You know, the thing that you have to be aware of with life insurance is it is a very upfront cost heavy investment. Mm-hmm. And so when you throw something that is upfront cost heavy into something that can also lose money, <laughs> you're, you're a double kind of creating yeah. a, a perfect storm here where, you know, if, if the market is really good, it actually helps you cover some of those costs because you get maybe more of the market since you're in the funds that are directly invested. But if the other side is true, I mean, you can completely bust up this policy before you ever right. make it very far, you know? So I think... Uh, looking at, you know, and I've explained it this way to some people, looking at the engine that is driving this life insurance vehicle is really the important part to see if it's going to line up with where you want to be with maybe your other investments, but also what it is capable of and what it is not. Right. You know? And that's exactly why getting so specific on the type of life insurance is important because you have to understand what you're doing yep. and what, what you're entering into. And so having entering into a variable life insurance policy while thinking you your cash value is protected like it is in certain, certain types of policies, is just not, that's not true. So we have to know that when you see that word variable, that means that that policy, that cash value can move up and down. And like you said, there could be, you know, you could get double negatives on that with the fees and the negative Market, investment yeah. balance. And I think too, you know, the thing that maybe people need to understand too about life insurance is life insurance is an industry that has evolved drastically in the last mm-hmm. 30 to 40 years. You know, where you look at the stock market, you have new stocks that enter the equation, but they all get bought and sold the same way. They're all structured very similarly, you know, and we were talking a little bit before this about stock splits, you know. I mean, that that's a process that's been happening for over a 100 time, years, yeah. you know. Um, but life insurance, like the, if you have a life insurance policy from, let's say, the 80s, you know, not only is the structure of how that policy grows potentially different today, but also the actuarial tables that are used are also Mm. much better today because people are living longer than they were in the 80s. You know, so you're getting better pricing on maybe as exact same type of policy today than you were then because of the way that the actuarial tables work. Right. So... Yeah, and that's that's a huge positive is when you look at this is the flexibility. I I mean, I'm supposed to be talking about the negatives, but I can find a positive (laughs) here is that exactly, I mean, all of the things that I said that are cons where you need to understand it, there can be a lot of misuse of products. If you have, uh, you know, an agent who's not acting as a fiduciary, then um, there's, it's very easy to misuse certain types of products and um, highlight some of the negatives in a positive light. It's, it's, uh, but the flip side of that is, it's also very flexible now. It didn't used to be as flexible as it is now. It's like you said, is that you have all of the all of the options that are working against you can also work in your favor if you do use those in the right way. Right. Um, 
Well, and I think you said something very important there that is is important to highlight because, you know, when you look at the life insurance industry, if someone is life insurance only licensed, they are not required in any way whatsoever to be a fiduciary, period. Right. You know, so it's it's almost if they want to act in a fiduciary capacity, they can, but they don't have to, you know, so like- <laughs> That's not what us, you want to hear. <laughs> right. Even for us, we take that fiduciary conversation about everything that we work with and we apply it to life insurance even though no one is making us do it. Right. You know, it's just we keep all of our conversations the same where we're having a, this is good, this is bad, this is what it is, this is the cost. Mm -hmm. You know, and not everybody does it that way. And so if if somebody is not required to be a fiduciary on your behalf, chances are they're trying to make either the most money for themselves or maybe the most money for their company. And when you combine that with life insurance, you're already adding cost to something that does have a significant cost up Mm -hmm. front. Um, and, and giving it very uh, a very hard road ahead to actually make any money, right? You know, so so trying to combine that fiduciary, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on of how we try to structure those policies for that purpose. Um, I think that's you know one of the big negatives is that a lot of the people that have life insurance policies really have very inefficient policies, right? Because of that lack of fiduciary. because yeah, and they're not taking the whole your whole investment. Uh, portfolio into account when they do that is life ins- a lot of people like you said who are life insurance only licensed is they'll sell you life insurance policy and never ask you what your you know what does your personal balance sheet look like what what accounts do you have do you have IRAs do you have a 401k somewhere do you have all these things that's the first i mean that's one of our first steps is we've got to take the whole picture because if you yeah. don't take the whole picture life insurance can be misused so easily it's similar i mean we had the same similar discussion to variable annuities or all these other more complicated policies is the more complex your uh that the investment you're trying to get into gets the easier it is to misuse so having somebody who's a fiduciary is in in more than just saying they're a fiduciary because you've got to know kind of what questions to ask i know there's all kinds of we just had the um sec started making everybody get out of the form uh adv part three which is how do you ask these questions and it's yeah. asking these questions to make sure you're dealing with the fiduciary because anytime I think that's a big warning sign is anytime somebody's just trying to sell you life insurance. Yeah. That's a pretty easy uh, litmus test to say is this person really a fiduciary or right. not? And I think you brought up a good point there in passing but I think one that is also a negative is life insurance more than anything else that we deal with. I would say is the most complex investment tool that we have, you know, because there's just so much going on from the way that the policy index credits to the way that participating loans work. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of moving parts in there. And I think uh, as you look at it there, even, even if somebody is able to pass a life insurance licensing exam, that's almost giving, you know, it's like, you know, here in Tennessee, we've passed this online, you know, carry permit it's like oh well you fill out this questionnaire and now you're licensed to carry a gun around and it's like yeah. eh, it should be a little harder than that yeah. you know because uh, I, I think you would almost benefit from having like a tiered process of like right you can sell term life insurance based on this but then if you want to move up the ladder to something more complex you need to get a little bit more licensing right. and ability to explain it but yeah, and we haven't. We've moved that way in the annuity space, where the SEC also regulates variable annuity policies along with the Insurance Commission. And so, I, I, getting to that step, I think, is really important because, like you said, they get more complicated. And I always tend to preach like simplicity is almost always better because it's so much easier to understand what you're getting into, and it's it's a lot harder to misuse a simple investment plan from a, somebody who's not a fiduciary or doesn't have 
you know, your best financial interest in heart, whereas in this scenario, the more complex you get, the I mean, and the harder it is to understand, the more likely even you as a person won't won't understand it, and you'll misuse your funds. Right. Not know, not not even knowingly, just kind of un, unknowingly misuse certain types of your portfolio. And I think that is good advice, you know, generally speaking. But we always want to make sure that people are aware of good things, you know, because yeah. like I tell people the example of like the iPhone that I have is extremely complex, you know, as far as the inner workings and how it makes stuff happen but I'm still going to use it, you know, because I need it to do the things that I need done, uh, which sometimes an investment can fit that role. You get some that are extremely easy to understand. You get some that are somewhat complicated, but they do a very specific purpose. And Mm -hmm. as long as you line up that complicated thing with that very specific purpose you need, it's something that can be included. I just think, like you said, that people don't do enough due diligence to find out what somebody needs. They just want kind of a catch-all vehicle that they can put people in that can do a lot of different things, which life insurance can. It's just you've got to be pretty targeted in how you want to use this policy. And, and again, with the flexibility that's in the industry, I think being very specific about what the outcome is that you want gives you the best chance to make this policy as efficient right. as possible. So exactly. So as you look at it, any other main negatives? You know, as we kind of wrap up that. So that I mean, of it. those are the big things that I, I think the more, the deeper we go into other types of policies, we'll, I mean, I know that we're, as we flip the script, we'll talk more about indexed life and things. Um, is that my, I mean, personally, my connotations, we've talked, we've, I've said this on the side to you before is like, I'm like, I don't want term insurance for anything. I was like, I just, if you're going to go down that route, make sure that you ask the right questions that you're not getting, you know, some, I typically just don't want the straight 20 term you're throwing your money away, but there are options within that space too, because you can get a return of premium policy where at the end of your, tw- at the end of your 20 year premium uh, period, you'll get your premiums back. So it's not a complete waste of waste of money. So having those questions to ask who yeah. you're talking to about the life insurance where you say, well, I thought term was all bad. Term's not all bad. It's just not typically used for a broader investment portfolio. Right. Um, but there are ways to access life insurance that may that while well, I said, you know, I don't want I don't want term, but if I was gonna go down the term route, I would ask these types of questions. Can I get my money back at the end of the period? Will you just give me my money back if I don't access the policy? Or does it have a you know, does this policy have a cash value? Does it have an investment account? You know, just having that that terminology, I think, is really important to go into it because it's like you said, it's it's not all good or all bad just because it's complex doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means you have to have the questions to ask. Yeah, and somebody to hopefully guide you, right. you know, in that process. So, so as we come back from the break, we'll cover some of the positives, but also different ways that life insurance is structured today, uh, and maybe pros and cons of yeah. each of those. And and again, you know, go back and forth as we continue. Are you nearing the age of retirement? Is your 401k not looking the way you'd hoped all those years ago? Retirement is supposed to be a time to relax, a time to live. Here at Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, we strive to provide that service and opportunity. We can help you form a plan that will maintain and grow your retirement savings so that you can achieve what you envisioned when you originally set out on this journey. To see where you sit and what you can do to stand again, visit planforeverything.com. That's planforeverything.com. Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, let us plan for everything so you don't have to. All right. Welcome back to Back and Forth with Blue Ridge Wealth Planners. Uh, It's John and Zach, like always. And so we've been talking today about uh, life insurance for the purpose of investments. And, you know, as Zach mentioned, this is not talking about term policies. These are permanent policies. And, And I think the way that you structure this will largely determine the success 
or failure of whatever your end goal is. Because, you know, sometimes as we talk about the lack of fiduciary obligation uh, in the life insurance industry, if somebody gets you to have too high of a death benefit for the amount of premiums that you're putting in, that sucks out a lot of the money that you have to actually grow inside the policy. And so as we look at it for investment purposes, we really want to try to figure out how we can structure policies to become what are called non-MECT policies, MEC, a modified endowment contract. And again, we're getting into a little bit of the weeds of life insurance, but I think this is relevant uh, because a non-MECT policy allows you to get tax-free growth on the principal monies that are inside of it. If you bring the death benefit down too low, it becomes a modified endowment contract, which means any of the growth on this money becomes taxable for you to take out. The death benefit still stays tax-free, but the growth on the money is taxable, which I think as we look at the biggest overall benefit of investment benefits and life insurance, it is the tax-free potential that it has. Because as we look at it, it and a Roth IRA are the only vehicles that have completely tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawal capabilities. You know, people try to throw muni bonds into the conversation, but muni bonds, uh, interest is calculated against Social Security income. And if you sell a muni bond at a gain, then you have to pay tax on it. You know, yeah, so, and muni bonds have a state tax benefit, which in Tennessee, what is yeah, is and different. Yeah, they're paying very low rates today. <laughs> yeah. So, so if nothing else, it's just sometimes you have yeah. more upside potential. But it, even as we look at it, you know, this uh, tax-free benefit has been around for a long time inside of life insurance. It comes from Section seventy-seven hundred two of our tax code. But I think the way, and we talked a little bit about this before the break, uh, the way that life insurance industry has evolved is really trying to put the right engine in the vehicle of life insurance to let it have the best kind of Mm -hmm. growth possible. Because there's really three main types of permanent policies, and there have been problems with two of the three up till now. So, So again, most people are familiar with permanent policies like whole life insurance, and the growth of whole life insurance is largely based on interest rates. Right. And so those po- policies became popular in the early 80s when interest rates were, you know, huge <laughs> compared to what they are now. And what's hurt those policies is the fact that interest rates have fallen ever since they really came into prominence. Right. You know, so so the the interest rate projections that you may have had on that policy they've not been able to get close to it just because the interest rate environment everywhere else has not been anywhere close. So, I mean, that's been the limiting factor there um, more than anything else. And then variable policies came around, like Zach was talking about, where you're including mutual funds inside of this policy, but you're including the costs associated with the mutual funds, the costs associated with the life insurance, but then also the market risk of the mutual funds too, which again, if, if you're able to time it correctly and you get in like we've had the last 10 years of market activity, you know, it, it looks a lot better. But if you've had negative times in there, that combined with the fees make it a very hard job to dig out of mm-hmm. that hole. Right. Uh, so what policies have started to do now um, in the last probably, I don't know, 20 years, uh, they've started to index these policies very similar to what we talked about with indexed annuities, where you're able to participate in the growth of the index to some percentage of whatever the return is, whether it's a capped rate or a participation rate. Uh, But if the index goes down, you just get a zero. And so as you look at that, that creates a vehicle where you're not robbing out from something that is already having fees taken from it, but you're able to get, you know, some safe growth on that money. And once you get to a point where I would say, when you look at most life insurance, especially in the way that we structure it, we want to try to fund it 
you know, over a quick period of time, normally within, you know, the quickest, probably the first five years. Um, but usually in these policies, you're going to have, you know, somewhere over 90% of the cost within the first 10 years. Right. So again, yep. if you can make it through that first 10 years, you essentially have a very efficient policy here that's growing by the market and able to get pretty decent returns whenever the market goes up with no mm-hmm. downside potential based on the market risk. Yep. So, And when you take the money out? When you take the money out through uh, participating loans, it's tax-free that you don't have to pay back. The death benefit will pay off the loan on that policy. So as you look at it, you know, this this is one of those things where we look at it in kind of two different veins because, you know, most people, when they hear about life insurance, they think, okay, I need to go in the term route, and and that's the way I can get the cheapest thing to cover my obligations – the interesting part of life insurance that I think is positive uh, for people, whether you're in a accumulation phase of your life, but also whether you're in a retirement phase, is the fact that there is no limitation on how much income you can have. So, like, if, you know, some people will use life insurance policies like this as a way to save for their retirement. You know, one example is Jim Harbaugh when he made his contract with Michigan, part of his pay went into an indexed universal life policy so that that money was growing tax-free while he was able to coach so that it was, you know, basically generating a pot that he would be able to take tax-free income at some point. So, Mm -hmm. so, but again, people will call it a rich man's Roth because, you know, if you're putting new money in, um, you get capped at certain income thresholds where you're not eligible for a Roth outside of a Roth 401k. Um, So as you look at it, it's a, vehicle where you can put money in uh, and save for your future. And especially if you're starting a policy like this in your 30s and 40s, you bypass those really expensive fee years at a time where your cost of insurance is extremely small. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to have you know 20 to 30 years right. of growth on that money while you're still working. And again, take out tax-free benefits once you get to retirement age at yeah. a pretty crazy rate. Yeah. So, And there's also an advantage, like you mentioned earlier, that it's not just for the young like the younger crowd, is that if you are entering into retirement, you can access this because the reality that we run into today is that Roths are still relatively new. So a lot Mm -hmm. of retirees don't have Roths, but they want the tax-free money. They say, hey, I'm going to live 20 years. I think taxes are going to be higher in retirement. And I don't necessarily know if I have the ability because of Roth contribution limits or any type of uh, limit around the Roth that I can access this Roth. And it's like, well, great, you can get similar tax-free benefits with the life insurance. Yeah. And, and normally when you compare the two, you know, the Roth gives you immediate flexibility by, you know, putting it in there, letting you invest it however you want to. You still have a five-year clock if it's a brand new Roth to not pull your growth out. But I think where life insurance has more potential than a Roth is is through the use of these participating loans where you can get a pretty large amount of withdrawal mm. for somebody's lifetime compared to just taking that money out of a Roth and eventually it's going to run out. Yeah. The life insurance, if you do it in a certain way, those loans will allow you to have maybe more uh, pull potential from the policy yeah, exactly. than you would in just a normal withdrawal method. And again, I know that's very easy to say on the you know <laughs> airwaves here, but right. also it's something that we have to show you some illustrations that kind of back up. How right. And it can be confusing when you're looking at the illustration. So having somebody that is knowledgeable to talk to is extremely important. Yeah. And so again, you know, we've talked about the tax-free benefits. Um, you know, we talked about not the limitation. You can, and what we're seeing today is, you know, you can actually structure these to where uh, one, you can put in, 
tax-deferred money, after-tax money. They don't care what kind of money it comes from or whose name it was under. You know, so if you've got a situation where, let's say, one of your big concerns is you've got most of your savings in your name, but your spouse has more longevity, let's say they're younger mm-hmm. or, you know, female, because normally <laughs> females outlive males when it comes to statistics. So as we look at that, you could actually structure the life insurance policy from a living benefits perspective on the on the second spouse or the surviving spouse to where they don't have a drop in income, they're able to take out the tax-free benefits right. for a longer period of time. So again, now we're getting into kind of the planning part, but I think overall, you know, you, you've got an investment vehicle here that is a little bit different because of the lack of risk associated with the principal side. You've also got some level of protection where if you die within those first 10 years, you got a really good return on your investment if you're just taking the death benefit because normally to have a non-MEC policy, you still have to have a pretty sizable death benefit, even though that's not why you're doing it. You know, we want to try to get it as low as possible. Exactly. But it still turns out to be a pretty good (laughs) return that, you know, if in the first 10 years you got hit by a truck, you're probably not going to be disappointed (laughs) by what is left for your heirs out of that policy. Right. You know, so, so again, having the conversation and being aware more than just, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to talk to somebody about life insurance. You know, everybody knows what that conversation is like, but as we look at it, we need to look at investments more from the benefits that they provide and less by the names that they're called, you know? Yep. Uh, and, and as we look at it, I think it is something that we're having uh, more and more clients be surprised about what type of benefits they can get from this in comparison to other things and and how this can allow them to have maybe a peace of mind, like you said, of protecting themselves from future tax legislation, but also knowing that they've got a pot over here that doesn't have the market risk, but is growing to provide maybe some longevity protection, if nothing right. else, um, for tax-free purposes. And, and again, that's the beauty of this type of asset class is, let's say you intended to take it as income, and then you were in a position where you didn't really need the income, then you've got a bucket of tax-free income or tax-free money that you could just use for whatever. If you wanted yeah. to loan it to your kids, they can pay it back to you <laughs> and the interest is tax-free. I mean, there, there's all yeah. kinds of flexibilities there. So so the big thing is just knowing what your options are um, and seeing if it's a right fit. Because again, we've got some clients where it's not right fit at all because of maybe health concerns, uh, maybe just what their goals are don't exactly line up with it. But I think, you know, as we look at it, it can be a beneficial piece if used correctly. So anything to add before we wrap up here? No, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there is that the flexibility that it provides is you often think, like we said, we started off by saying this is really complicated. You got to have the right person to talk to. You got to do all these things. But within this, there's so much flexibility. I was thinking when you were talking about that is 2020 is not really relevant, but even just by not having an IRA that has required minimum distributions. We talked to so many clients that they're like, I don't need this money. Like yeah. I, I want this money for my kids. I don't want to pay income tax on it. I don't want to do all these things with it. I don't want to take these distributions. And it's like, like you said, guess what? With life insurance, you can do whatever you want. Yep. That And that freedom is so much, is so powerful to living, living your life how exactly how you would like to in retirement. Right. And I think that's a good way to end because, you know, obviously we've not given you enough tools today to, run out and get a policy, you know, but I think <laughs> yeah, it, it's, please don't do that based on a, <laughs> at least we've, we've kind of opened the door to the discussion of, yeah. you know, what the benefits are and maybe you doing a little bit more homework and seeing if this could be a good fit for you or not. Right. So, and again, I think that's what our role is because obviously we're not sitting down in front of somebody looking mm-hmm. at their situation. We're just talking back and forth about a topic, but I think 
there are some positives, there are some negatives, but I think working those out and seeing how it fits into your life is really the key. So, so again, thank you guys for joining us today on our uh, podcast. We look forward to sharing more information with you in the future. Uh, but until then, you know, hopefully you've enjoyed us going back and forth uh, on life insurance today. And we look forward to sharing some other topics with you in the future. Investment advisory services offered through Blue Ridge Wealth Planners, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, MAS, and Blue Ridge Wealth Planners are not affiliated companies.